Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I'm extremely excited for this week's episode. I have been reinvigorating my commitment to and practice of movement. And this is based on a couple of things. One is I just recently finished uh, Peter Atia, Dr. Peter Atia's book, Outlive. And I've been going deep into uh, Andrew Huberman's podcast as well. But perhaps most significantly, I just finished Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And there are a multitude of uh, insights that I've garnered from, from those three individuals. But one of them is the primacy of movement, how central movement is for us as we, uh, as we move through life, as we age, and the degree to which we have quality of life and the longevity with which we live. So how long we live and with what quality are affected by a, a numerous amount of levers, but one of the most significant, some would argue the most significant, uh, but up there with sleep is movement and how we move, strength training, stability training, you know, the ability to um, stay in a, in, a, in, a, in a good way long term throughout our lives is very much determined by how we move. There's a, a beautiful statement that is, we have 10,000 problems until our health is affected, and then we have one. And I think there's no greater corollary to our health than sleep, movement, and exercise, and nutrition. I would add to that relationships, because there's a huge corollary between our, our, our relationships and the length and quality of our lives, which is the book I'm, I'm writing as we speak. But in essence, uh, I've done an episode around sleep. Uh, I've done uh, other episodes around nutrition. I'll do more. Um, but movement is something that has become my increasing passion. And the smallest things make a world of difference. One of the things that I learned from Huberman recently is part of our sleep cycle is established by getting early morning lights. And so one of the things that I've been doing lately is actually getting out first thing in the morning and taking a walk. Now, that walk was a short walk, but of late, it's become a four-mile walk. Uh, I'm back in Los Angeles, so that's off until the Santa Monica Pier and back. The episode that I'm about to launch is from my time in Tulum. I just rediscovered it on a hard drive, and it's with one of my favorite movement practitioners, which is a gentleman by the name of Nick on Hands. Uh, on Instagram, you can check him out there. He's got incredible practices that are really about dynamic movement. You can do them anywhere. And it's really about moving the body in every way, in every direction to maintain the quality of our, of our bodies and of our health, healthy minds. And what I think you'll find in listening to Nick on Hands is he is a really insightful guy. He went to prison and developed his technique in the confines of the cell. And he's also 
developed probably my favorite fitness routine that I've ever encountered. So with that, I'm going to jump into some of our sponsors for this episode. And then quickly after that, Nick on hands. This episode is brought to you by Simply03. Simply03 is my go-to source for all things ozone. Ozone has radically changed my life. I had exposure to both Lyme disease as well as chronic mold in my home and did a deep dive into potential solutions and found ozone to be uh, miraculous. Uh, It has been a game changer in my life. I use the Simply O3 oils on my skin. I have a couple scars that I've been putting the oils on where I'm seeing the scars mitigated and it's amazing for healing. I also use their oxygen assisted ozone device for both ear insufflation, so basically using kind of a stethoscope device that goes into my ears, which has helped heal uh, an ear challenge that I've had for over a year, as well as their oil bubbler, which enables you, you cannot breathe ozone um, into your lungs by itself. However, you can use olive oil as a medium uh, to enable the, the safe ingestion. And ozone is incredible for a variety of factors. It helps to strengthen your respiratory system. It helps to inactivate bacteria and viruses and fungi, parasites and yeast. It stimulates your immune system and basically hyperoxygenates your system, which improves your circulatory system. There are reports that it can help improve brain function and memory. Uh, that it can reduce abnormal heart rhythms. Obviously, one has to be careful with claims, but do your research. Google ozone therapy, and it has been one of the biggest game changers in my life. So if you want to get started, I did an episode with the founder, Michael Lowe. You can check that out. I'll link it below. And if you want a discount, you can use simplyo3.com and code PEAKMIND. And it'll give you a nice fat discount at checkout. Again, that's Simply03 Peak Mind. This episode is also brought to you by one of my other new favorite companies, which is Leela Quantum, leelaq.com. Leela is incredible. I got introduced to them by looking at some of their dark field microscopy and the effects of EMF on our blood. We are now obviously all kind of in a mass experiment, which is 5G EMF is being unleashed on all of us, uh, whether we like it or not. And I have used Leela Q's incredible EMF protecting clothing as one of my great tools, especially uh, when flying. I, I put on the underwear, I wear the, the shirt, all of them are silver lined, the hat as well. Um, obviously, when we fly, we're 30,000 feet closer to a massive radiation source. But in addition, I've found um, that my sleep is disrupted uh, when I'm traveling and, you know, like I was just in New York City and I had no idea, but I wasn't sleeping well. And then I realized there was a massive 5G tower right next to me. Um, so the, the Leela Q is my go-to source for blocking EMFs. I have their clothing, and I also have what is incredible, their quantum block. I have both the travel size quantum block as well as the larger quantum block. I did a an episode with Philip that goes deep into the science. They've done double uh, blind controlled studies, um, but... 
It's been incredible, principally for mitigating against the risks of EMF radiation in my home. He also goes deep into quantum energy and the quantum field, which I'm fascinated by. I think most most notably by the research of quantum energy as it relates to water and some of the microscope testing that has been shown as it relates to the energetics of water. And we are obviously composed mostly of water. Uh, but quantum energy is something incredible to look into. And I highly recommend you listen to the episode below. Uh, in the interest of time, what I'll say is do a deep dive into Leela Q's website, leelaq.com. And if you're interested, you can use the code PEAKMIND for 10% off your order. Again, that's leelaq.com, code PEAKMIND. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right. I'm here with Nick, Nick on hands, uh, at the beautiful Nomade in Tulum, Mexico. Nick, it's it's great to be with you. Yeah, good to be with you too, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely blessed feeling like um, to be in this little bubble in Tulum. Yeah. Um, in the state of current crisis is pretty awesome. It's uh, It's been very special, and I'll say, I was sharing this with you last night, um, one of the, you know, I think aspects of this of being here that that's been a real reckoning is actually the work with you so coming here every day and starting to do this sort of primal movement and you know it's quite a what i love about this place is it's so infused with water right we have yeah. the ocean we have the cenotes and this incredible underground uh network yeah but we also have i think for lack of a better term a lot of energies you know a lot of people coming in and out yeah it's very transient very transient and for me at least uh it feels a bit ethereal and so for me coming on a daily basis and literally like touching the ground running around like an animal <laughs> exactly it's kind of grounding in this it, wild bubble it is it yeah, is through living yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and then you know i i have just been in such enjoying it and, and noticing the sort of changes you know, I would say, quite honestly, at this stage, more psychologically than physically, because I haven't put in the, you know, the sort of six months to a year, which I would like to do, of the training. And I, and then you and I got to talking, and I, I heard a bit of your story, and I was like, this is fascinating. Um, I would love to share this out with my audience, because I think they'd find a lot of value in it. So, I, you know, I'd love to touch on your, on your background, which, guys, stay tuned, because it's, it's incredible. Uh, but, but I, I really love to tap into because we have we have a, a shorter window today before class starts on your your philosophy behind this primal movement and and really sort of what you see as uh, how you developed, if you will, the protocol and yeah. practice and and how you see its benefit. Because for those who are just listening and not watching, by the way, Nick is uh, you're 50 years old. You 50, said yeah, yeah 50. Probably rocking the most. 50. Yeah, rocket. He's rocking fifty. It's the new twenty. It's the new twenty. That's right. We were talking about this yesterday. I was like, you know, I think if you do it right, you can age chronologically, or age chronologically, right? Your numbers keep increasing. But biologically, you biologically, you get younger. You can, you can reverse exactly. Yeah. And so you and I talked about that as related stem cells. So give give a little context into into sort of your philosophy around this practice. So I, I started. Um well, to cut a long story short, I've been training for 35 years. Yeah. I started training at the age of 15. I was a uh, pro skier. So my whole template, uh, like my hard wiring, my blueprint in life is movement. Mm. Yeah, I started training at a young age, and that set me up for life. And that's held me in good place uh, until I've arrived now to the age of 50. Um, and obviously, 
the more I've got involved in movement systems, and I've trained in just about every movement system on the planet. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I came across the uh, kind of primal movement systems, which is more like a, a quadrupedal body movement system. So people call it like animal locomotive, but it's basically running around on all fours. Mm-hmm. Um, and of all the systems of movement I've trained in, it's the primal movement which I've seen and derived the most benefits from physically. Um, and there are so like many physiological benefits that go on in the body whilst you are running around like a quadruped. Mm. You know, and for the whole body to move as one unit is so beneficial because you know if you move your left arm, something's going on, on the right side of your body. You turn your head to the right, something's going on, on the left side of your body. You know, we don't move in an isolated fashion; we move as a unit. Um, and consequently, what's happening is is the body goes into this state of being completely stable and mobile at the same time. So it becomes lean, it becomes strong, it becomes open, and through creating what we call like micro trauma. Now I'm talking on a very minor level. We stimulate stem cell. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people are wondering these days, you know, what is stem cell? What is stem cell growth? And people are having like stem cell injections. So, basically, we have trillions of stem cells in our body. To inject your body with stem cell is like going to the ocean with a teaspoon of water. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The water, the ocean just doesn't need any more water. We don't need any more stem cells. What we need to do is trigger stem cell. And how do we do that? We move. Mm. And through movement, we create minor trauma. Through minor trauma, the stem cells, which could be sedentary or sleeping, wake up and start to re- kind of rejuvenate and recover us. So right down to like the atomic molecular level of our body, into the cell membrane, these stem cells are working to rejuvenate our body in every level in the organs, the joints, the muscles, the bones. So it's almost like your body keeps rejuvenating and renewing itself, which is now why I've arranged, uh, arrived at the age of 50 and the proof's in the pudding. Mm. I look like I'm 20. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, on top of that, I've broken nearly every bone in my body. Hmm. You know, I uh, I broke my back twice as a pro skier. I then broke it again in motocross. Um, I then broke it again in skydiving. You know, I've slammed my body into the ground so many times, it's unbelievable. And and now I move my body like a young gymnast. Yeah. You know, and that is literally just from running around on all fours in a, like a systemized system. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And, you know, just through like integrating this system of movement into thousands of people's lives over the last 10 years, you know, the rewards and benefits which I've received back from that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, people that have got spinal issues, you know, Issues physically with their body, that their bodies have just gone into a state of like degeneration. Yeah, I've started training with through primal movement within like three to six months. They're absolutely glowing and becoming like the better version of themselves. Yeah, um, it it strikes me because what as you as you're speaking, it, it reminds me of so many different aspects. I think of our health that are rooted in for lack of a better term, our primal roots, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there's now sort of a, a burgeoning movement around consuming food that are, is more aligned, for example, whether it be to your blood type or body, body type, your chronotype, some, something that basically would have evolved over, you know, tens of thousands of years. Yeah. Um, moving back to that sort of as, we, as we're confronted with more processed yeah. and, and be, artificial Be more foods. primate. Exactly, more yeah. primate. And movement makes so much sense to me because as someone, you know, also who grew up um, as an athlete, but yet, you know, you condition yourself in the gym, which is obviously tremendous benefit to, but it's it's almost like the way doctors approach a body, right? Where it's like, how's your arm today if you have an issue with your arm? Yeah. As opposed to a functional medicine doctor that's actually looking at prevention and the whole body. At the whole system. Exactly. Yeah, and preventive medicine physically yeah. 
is the best medicine out there. Exactly. You know, I haven't been to the doctors in 30 years. <laughs> you know, so, you know, just, you know, move more. Yes. Eat less. Yes. And breathe. Yeah. Keep it simple. But just do something every day. Do some movement every day. You just need to check in, like, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour every day to do something. Yeah. You know, and then you're going to get some kind of physical wellness about you, which, you know, essentially is going to give you, like, mental well-being. Yes. Emotional well-being. You know? Yeah, so in terms of that physical, so for those listening, in terms of sort of, if you will, the building blocks of physical movement, are there movements and or sort of basic principles that you feel are, you know, essential? Like if you were to have, say, call it 15 to 30 minutes a day to move, and people who are usually accustomed to either knocking out a dumbbell or barbell workout or perhaps a yoga practice, if they want to incorporate a bit more primal or functional movement into their routine, um, how do you recommend they approach that? I mean, uh, I don't use weights. Yeah. I don't need a gym. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All I need is a bit of floor space. And uh, normally like a, the size of a, a yoga mat. Yeah. That's all I need. If I've got something to hang on, even better. Yeah. But I do like, uh, you know, a daily get up and go 10 to 15 minute primal kind of mat based workout every single day, which you can find on my live platform, uh, where it just mobilizes the entire body. Yeah, it works through all the joints. It just kind of stimulates a little bit all the muscles. And, you know, you don't need to do hours and hours of training every day in mobility work, but you could just do a simple, like, you know, 15-minute-a-day daily check-in, get-up-and-go session where you just work a little bit of the body every day, and it's it's enough. Yeah. You know, obviously, if you're training for something, then you're going to train, you know, for hours and hours and trying to, uh, you know, define a skill set uh, of some sort or another. But, you know, at the age of 50... You know, I'm looking now in longevity of training and practice. You know, I want to go into my 70s and 80s with a very healthy practice. Mm. Yeah, I'm not saying that I'm going to live any longer, but I might get there a damn sight healthier. Yeah, yeah. So just you know, by getting on the mat every single day, and I understand like nowadays with restrictions, uh, movement, space, time. You know, people don't have much time; they can't get out much. But a simple mat space is all you need. Yeah. You know, and I have like really good systems of movement uh, on my platform whereby you can just do a, a follow-along class of 15 minutes and it's almost enough as a daily check-in. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, for context, I mean, because what, what also I found striking is we, we don't have to go into the entire story, but I was, you know, obviously doing research prior to our, our conversation and there's a, a National Geographic feature on your on your history. And you had actually had, uh, you know, a past whereby you it's, it seemed like movement became part of the redemption process for you. And you forged, it seems like, some of this practice in the context of prison. Yeah. At least that's how it occurred to me. And I was fascinated by that idea uh, in the context of the mental space that you were in. But also the limited physical confinement in which you sort of, it seems sure. like, started to develop yeah. a practice. How was your mindset at the time? And how did you, how did this sort of development within the confines of a very limited space affect the way that you think about movement? Yeah, so, I mean, I was um, sentenced to 10 years in prison in South America. Um, and it was probably the most profound journey I'd ever had in my entire life. And it was the magic of movement and meditative practices that actually got me out of prison and rehabilitated me. So I went against the grain. You know, 96% of the prison population reoffends. Yeah, I was part of that 4%, which actually reformed and rehabbed myself and I did it through movement hmm. and I was in a confined space I mean I spent like nearly four years in isolation yeah I was in a, a box that was you know 12 by 6 you know I had a small little window um, fortunately for me as I said I grew up um, a pro athlete so I had a template of movement 
practices. So it was within the confines of this cell that I was like, hey, I need to get myself out of prison mentally, mm. you know, because we can all be imprisoned by our thoughts. You know, and most people in prison are climbing the fucking walls. I mean, they're going crazy. You know, they're mm -hmm. taking drugs and, you know, they're ODing and they're killing each other or killing themselves. Um, and I didn't want to be a part of that. So I just set about every day waking up and doing a routine, which I followed every single day for nearly six years. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I had thousands of hours to explore. So within the confines of that little prison cell, I just kept moving. And I kept moving every single day until I created all these little movement systems within the confines of that cell, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, I call it like my get out of jail for free card. Mm. So even now, you know, when I'm in jail, if I'm in prison outside and I'm restricted or I'm locked up or I'm in quarantine, I just get on my mat every day. Mm. And I call it my get out of jail for free card. I just move for an hour. Mm. I just stretch, I train, I tone, I move around, I run around like a little animal. You know, I, I mimic uh, animal postures and movements. Um, and this has been like so helpful for me and, and, and for many people as well that have been stuck in quarantine. I mean, in the first quarantine, um, I wasn't really iTech savvy and I had a big movement community in Ibiza. And when everyone got locked away in the first quarantine back in March uh, of 2019, everyone was like, hey, Nick, like, you know, what are we going to do? We need to train. We need to move. How can we do it? And so I just set up a very simple IGT, uh, GTV platform on Instagram. Yeah. And I started doing daily classes. And these classes went out virally to thousands of people around the world. Yeah. And we built like an online community. And it was amazing. And I was getting like people writing to me from like the depths of South America or some guy in Detroit. Someone was in New Zealand. Someone was in Asia. I mean, they were writing me saying, hey, Nick, I'm following on your classes. Like every day you just turn up and you do a class seven days a week. You're just there. And I know that you're not doing it for us because you're going to do it for yourself anyway. Yeah. All you're doing is filming yourself doing what you do anyway. And... You know, so many people got the benefits of this kind of get out of jail for free card uh, by training with me. And it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, I felt that as well, because when I was in quarantine, there were a lot of us were sort of, uh, you know, I think anyone can relate to this, feeling that that sense of, of stuckness, feeling that sense of almost being trapped. Yeah. And I, I hadn't known of your work yet at the time, uh, but there is this guy, Ryan Heffington, who actually is this eccentric dancer. And I just saw all my friends all of a sudden literally in their home starting to move. Yeah, and I was amazing. like, this is the liberation, you know? Yeah. And I thought about, it's interesting because when you spoke earlier about about prison and, and sort of seeing that that confinement um, as as still a possibility. I, I one of my favorite books when I was traveling. I, I lived when I was younger for two years in Sri Lanka, and I traveled around the world for 15 months um, in a place where I looked different from everyone else, and and I, it, it affected me psychologically in profound ways. Um, but one of my favorite books from that time was a book Papignon. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw the film and read the book. Yeah, exactly. And I love that book. And I loved it because, for context, it was a, a gentleman who had been uh, falsely accused and sentenced to prison. And he and it's, uh, he escapes from, I think, upwards of eight institutions. But more poignantly, he escapes first in the prison cell by doing exactly as you described, which yep. is training. You know, using exactly. it for mental and physical training. Yeah. And I think the metaphor of that um, is 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 fascinating because I think a lot of people right now feel, for lack of a better term, as you said, yeah, they're in, in prison. In prison. They're in prison. And yeah, absolutely. And the psychology I was talking, you know, with with, with the group of our uh, of our friends yesterday about the psychology of also starting to see. Uh, everyone in a way is a potential threat 
And as we even move out of this pandemic, the psychological repercussions of Huge. conditioning over a yeah. year or two years of seeing another person as a threat, there's a there's a whole need now for reconditioning. Yeah. And one well, of the it things creates separation and fear. Exactly. Exactly. You know, amongst a, a community of people or amongst a species which need to socially interact. Yes. That's what we were created to do. Yes. We are socially interactive creatures. We need human contact. Yes. You know? And what I've noticed about training with you, actually, which you just hit on the head, is the other aspect of primal life, if you will, right? Yeah. Like we are socialized, at, we are social humans, right? Yeah. We are inherently rooted in, in a tribal construct where we we thrive, right? That's why the greatest punishment, right, which you see in the prison system is solitary confinement. Isolation. Exactly, isolation. And what I see in your class, what I've noticed is the degree of community that I've actually yeah. built by the people who are equally committed to the movement. And so that's a piece I don't know that everyone would necessarily think of, but it is an aspect of, if you will, a primal movement that it's deeply integrated, right, in Embedded this notion of community. It's kind of DNA. And that's what happens. These movement systems, yeah, the social interaction creates communities. It's rebuilding communities through something as healthy as moving around like an animal. Yes. Yeah. And after class, everyone sits down, they socially interact and talk. And that's the beauty of what comes out of these movement practices. Yes. You know? Um, and I've built, you know, many communities. I've, I've built one here in Tulum in like in six weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know, I came here not knowing anyone. One person came to class. Now there's a queue of people rocking up to classes. <laughs> yeah. I had the same in Ibiza. Yeah. You know, I have like 40, 50 people coming to my classes every day. They love the movement and they love the, the sense of being part and growing in a community. I did the same in London and the same in Thailand. So ideally, in the end, we're going to hopefully put all these communities together that had this thread between them of movement, you know, of being like primal primates again. It was a shared beautiful. language, actually. Yeah. What's interesting is, is, you know, and that's part of the way, obviously, sort of communities form and forge is that shared language, right? The, and, and what's interesting is you're creating a shared body language, right? Yeah. A shared movement that's sort of essential, but based also in, in animals and like the way that animals move. Exactly. And so I, I, what and I, the way in which animals interact. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other piece, right? Which, uh, again, I'm sort of just deconstructing as you speak, but like the fact that we practice certain movements and then we actually interact with each other using those movements. And moving around like animals. Yes. And to seeing how humans can adapt. You know, being competitive with their minds, with their egos, with other people. You know, and there's no competition in this kind of movement. No. You know, it's just your own practice. It's your own process. Some bodies are tight. Some bodies are stiff. Some bodies are open. Some bodies are flexible. It doesn't matter. It's just relative to you and your practice. Yes. And that's the beauty. I don't have like a beginner's or an advanced class. I don't want to segregate. You know, it's about, hey, we're all in this together. We're all moving together. Yes. And that's the beauty of it. I love it. Why don't we, given we have a short time before class starts, why don't we just show uh, for the people listening, and I'll link to the video for those who are just on the audio for the podcast, a few movements that we had talked about yeah. last night so that those who are interested can get a sense of what these movements look like. You can try them at home, and then, uh, which I would encourage, then you can deep dive uh, into your platform, your live That's platform. Right, yeah. uh, so Dick on Hands for the Instagram platform, and then you follow my tree link into Primal Live. Okay. And there you're going to find like a whole bunch of classes and twice a week I'm doing like a, a live stream class. So I'm actually there live teaching to many different time zones around the world. Yeah, perfect. So it's hey? super cool. It's yeah. really good fun. So it's at Nick on Hands. Uh, I follow him. Uh, I'm I'm keen. Actually, I'm going to go to this summer to Ibiza, so I'm going to keep training Amazing. with you. Hopefully, we'll get, we've get. we got a small crew that's actually like, can we can we set up a laptop and maybe continue the <laughs> training? Uh, but, but needless to say, guys, I really recommend you checking it out. I'm always in the listening 
around unique modalities, whether they be mental or physical um, or, you know, spiritual that can enhance uh, your life and lifestyles. And this is one of the more unique forms of training that I've encountered. Um, and I, I highly recommend you check it out. So check out at Nick on hands and, uh, and then we'll, we're, we're going to tap in on the video to a couple movements. So, so check it out. And, uh, and thanks Nick for amazing. For Thank sharing. you so much, Michael. Yes, amazing brother. To share. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And there you have it. Great chat with Nick. Fascinating story from prison to power through movement and community. Check him out, Nick on Hands. Uh, give us your feedback at Nick on Hands at Michael Trainer. Uh, if you get a moment, if there's anyone you think would benefit from this episode, please send it to them. And uh, always appreciate a rating and review. I hope you guys are doing really well. Sending you so much love. And until next time, go out there and live your best life.